and welcome back to Blanket Fort Books. This is the Ratchet and One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest tweet tweet episode. Uh, Before we get into this episode, we just wanted to give a quick trigger warning for topics that are going to be discussed and themes of the media that we're discussing. That includes racism, homophobia, sexism, sexual assault, mental illness, and the unethical treatment of it, murder, violence, suicide, and pedophilia. On that note, let's jump in. (laughs) Oh, God. Where Where to begin? Well, naturally, where this started, probably... Um, with the original novel, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, by Ken Casey. Is that how you pronounce it? Cassie, I think. Oh, okay. So, uh, Whitney, give us a rundown of what this book was, for those who aren't familiar. Yeah, so I'm going to read the synopsis off the back of the edition that I have. So, in this classic novel of the 1960s, Ken Kesey's hero is Randall Patrick McMurphy, a boisterous, brawling, fun-loving rebel who swaggers into the world of a mental hospital and takes over. A lusty, life-affirming fighter, McMurphy rallies the other patients around him by challenging the dictatorship of Nurse Ratchet. He promotes gambling in the ward, smuggles in wine and women, and openly defies the rules at every turn. But this defiance, which starts as a sport, soon develops into a grim struggle, an all-out war between two relentless opponents, Nurse Ratchet, backed by the full power of authority, and McMurphy, who has only his own indomitable will. What happens when Nurse Ratchet uses her ultimate weapon against McMurphy provides the story's shocking climax. Wow, that gave way too much away, but all right. It literally did. That's like the entire thing. That's the first first I've heard what was on the back of that book. And wow, okay. First of all, this book is from 1963. So we are not going to be warning about spoilers for the book and movie, because if you haven't watched it by now, it's your own fault. (laughs) Very true. We will warn before um, spoilers of the TV show Ratchet, though, because that is brand new. Mm-hmm. We were, so the things that we had to consume were the book, the original book, the movie adaptation from 1975 starring Jack Nicholson and the new TV show, the Netflix series Ratchet starring Sarah Paulson. We just got to do as much as we could. So to begin, I listened to the abridged audiobook. I only knew it was abridged when I was halfway through. Um, me and Whitney tried to compare the abridged version. I really don't, we couldn't really figure out what was different, but I had some flashbacks missing. (laughs) Yeah, there was an extra seven hours cut out of Gabe's. However, that was seven hours of absolutely nothing. So he did not miss much. Yeah, because I was like, I was like, did this happen in yours? And she was like, yeah. And then you asked me, like, did this happen in yours? And I'm like, yeah. (laughs) It was like, it was literally the movie with like maybe a few extra dialogue scenes. And that that was it. And that's what you said. (laughs) Um, but anyway, so I, I read the audiobook or I listened to the audiobook, the abridged audiobook, and then I watched the film. Um, and then I watched all of Ratchet and just finished the last episode like three hours ago. Okay. So, Rachel, what did you do? So, I watched the movie. Um, I didn't actually get a chance to read the book or listen to the book or watch the latest show, which I'm actually really excited about this episode because I, I'm 
I really want to compare them. I've always loved the movie. Gabe and I watched it oh, so many years ago. Oh, like when we were too young to understand that film. Way too young. <laughs> and liked it at that time. Thought it was deep and meaningful. Shocking. But for sure. Exactly. Impactful. So the second time watching it, um, I took notes. I was very into it. Wanted to kind of see you know, the powerful parts about it, the things that might stand the test of time. Others, of course, was just the comment on society in general. And then, you know, it being an older movie, some problematic parts as well. A lot of problematic parts. <laughs> so I'm just interested to see, one, how the adaptation in the, in the film really reflects the story and, you know, maybe some gaps that might have made the movie better um, or what they very, you know, maybe intentionally decided to keep out of the movie. So that's what I'm really interested in to see. And Whitney, what did you get to? So I watched the entirety of Ratched. Ratched. Oh, I'm bad. I always keep calling it Ratched because that's how it's spelled. Um, <laughs> we will never let you say it. Don't worry. Thank you. <laughs> um, so I watched the entirety of Ratched and I read the book. I'd actually read the book um, 10 years ago, which is crazy. Um, and I liked it when I first read it. Spoiler alert, I did not like it the second time. Um, and I watched the first half of the movie and didn't want to do anymore. <laughs> oh, no. I, I didn't have a problem with the movie. I just had a lot of problems with the book. And I didn't want to be immersed in the story any longer. So I will say of the three mediums, since I pretty much touched upon all of them, the movie, the 1975 film of these three things that we're talking about is probably the best thing there. I'll just call it a I'll just call it a thing because Ratchet yeah. the show is a thing and it's got to be referred to as a thing. I'm I, I'm sorry. I'm getting ahead it's of myself. It's an entity. It's an entity. And I think the way we wanted to approach it was chronologically. So Whitney Ooh. talking about the book first. I'll chat a bit about the movie and then we'll see how Ratchet is holding up. Okay. Okay, so the book is actually told from the perspective of someone who we know as Chief Bromson. Um, I love that. <laughs> Sorry, I just got really shocked because the movie... Oh, okay, continue. I thought, okay. His, okay. I thought his name was Bromden. Is it Bromden? I thought it was a D. I, I mean, I only know this because like, I heard somebody reading it to me. And I only know because I only know him as Chief in the movie. Yeah, I don't think because maybe his name was mentioned in the movie. Because oh, there's a version on Audible narrated by John C. Riley. That's the one I listened to. Oh, I feel like that he would be a really good voice to listen to. It was good because I actually like the one that the person that read the abridged version was the author, and he was he was very clearly an old guy when he read that, and his voice was a little bit challenging to understand. Um, he definitely put the emotion into it, which I appreciated. So had a personal touch, I guess. I'm very excited to hear what the book is going to be like because the movie is, it, it's it's told primarily around McMurphy. Mm -hmm. And, but not only his experience. So I'm, I'm intrigued to see how the book takes that on because it's almost, I don't want to say it's like, it, it certainly doesn't follow many characters. It is based around him, but... Um, it doesn't really delve into too many other people's backstories. Right. Yeah. And my yeah. abridged version, it felt like I got even less of the supporting characters actually in mm -hmm. the abridged version. So maybe that's where the full length version 
is different, mm-hmm. but it, it was really, I couldn't like directly compare with what Whitney had listened to because that mm-hmm. would have just been way too specific and tedious. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, McMurphy is definitely the protagonist of the novel. However, it is told from the perspective of Chief Bromden, which I think is definitely an interesting, um, literary choice. For sure. Um, and he's definitely an unreliable narrator mm-hmm. as well, which is one of my favorite tropes. Um, in like this reminded me a lot, not the plot, but it reminded me a lot of The Stranger by Albert Camus, just in the way that it was narrated, because you didn't really know if what he was telling you was accurate. Um, so I'm going to jump into what I didn't like about the book because there's a lot. So this was published in 1963, so we can't expect too much, um, but it was extraordinarily problematic. Um, it was very racist. The aides who work there were all referred to as the black boys, and they were often um, referred to by their shade of blackness, as Gabe pointed out when he was <laughs> listening to it. Um, it would often be like the lightest black boy said this, the darkest one said this. Wow. And it was very jarring and uncomfortable to read. Um, there was some homophobia in there and it was extraordinarily sexist, which is to be expected. The entire, um, overarching theme of the novel is anti-woman it's uh, mcmurphy definitely cannot accept that a woman is an authority figure i mean nurse ratchet is not not a great woman however she is portrayed as as like extra awful through the eyes of mcmurphy mm-hmm. um the theme is like very much like they're either Women are either bitches or they're whores, as they are delightfully referred to. (laughs) Hmm. Um, And I also have to say that um, McMurphy is the protagonist, and he's the character that we are supposed to be rooting for against um, Nurse Ratched. However, he was arrested for statutory rape of a 15-year-old girl, and we learn that kind of right off the bat. And I find it really uncomfortable that he is supposed to be a character that we are rooting for when we know he's done these awful things. And he also, the entire book, takes advantage of um, people who are mentally ill and who are actually um, supposed to be in the asylum because he is not. He just wanted to get out of... um, Jail time, right? Jail time, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so he faked insanity and he kind of um tricks them out of their money he promotes gambling and it is a bad time when he shows up yeah and as the back of your book describes he's just a fun loving guy like he's just (laughs) he's just your average joe that wants to be treated like a human and i guess because there is one aspect of it promoting like um you know treating these these mentally ill people as actual human beings rather than like we got to get them in and out of this place like asap or we've got to like you know hospital corruption basically impacting these people being treated compassionately and that the i would say the book and the movie does touch upon that but it doesn't end up being really the ultimate focus as ratchet is kind nurse ratchet is kind of the representation of that and in the book she is kind of unprofessional but she's not like completely messed up 
<laughs> like she, she is just, yeah. she's ma- she makes some bad choices. And I guess that's where we get into kind of the anti-woman narrative of the thing where it's really like there's this fun loving guy going in there and um, just trying to make everybody come on, have some fun, yeah. <laughs> like lighten up everybody. Um, yeah. You know, but also like this lighten up for my own personal advantage. I don't really yeah. care what you're going through because this is the me show. Mm-hmm. And I can just imagine all of the people that have followed this story for decades how like how many of these people are like seeing McMurphy as this you know charming protagonist mm-hmm. that is right the whole way through I don't like I I, I didn't study it in school so I really don't know mm-hmm. but maybe this this could be used as an example of a story about a bad person and yeah. being the protagonist and I think this is a really good starting point to talk about that and I actually have some thoughts on that so I feel like the movie and again I didn't read the book but I feel like it almost I didn't see him totally and maybe it's just me not liking him but I didn't see him as a protagonist I almost saw him as an embodiment of mm-hmm. society like he mm-hmm. is I actually even wrote some notes down like we put him I put him down as like a real world human he's the bad he's chaotic and he's rough and I think that is how a lot of people especially people who have never had to deal with their own type of mental illness view it it's not that big of a deal you know you can still just kind of I don't know just it's it's just not something that he fits into in an asylum situation, right? Like he's not there. Like you mentioned, he's there to get out of jail time. So he's not there for the same reasons, but he's like to embody how society would view a lot of these people. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. he's, and that's kind of what I, I got from that. But like, he also brings um, fun, whether or not it's always good fun. He, he does at the same time in the movie, treat the different people in there like a person. The other, they, like when you look at the nursing staff and everything, they're treating them like a patient, and that you know they're not as good, they're ill, they're you know they need all they need to be babied and all this stuff, which is not the case. And McMurphy gets in there and he actually talks to them, like he talks to Chief and he talks yeah. to the different people and listens to them and understands that you don't have to be um, micromanaged. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that they show a wide variety of people who are, are very um ill people who are bedridden ill um people who've had lobotomies done like to the point that you see other people who are actually on there of their own free will people who go there for help um so he's just kind of the contrast of someone who has is not supposed to be there quote unquote um to kind of just give that juxtaposition I guess between all of those because nurse ratchet has the same kind of double-sided coin because she is also the real world response to mental illness because she is very strict about it she does not have any leeway when she's dealing with these patients she um was very cold like she's not someone who you would envision as the awesome nurse that comes to comfort you she's there to give you your meds play the music she wants to play because uh in the the volume she wants it to be at we're not going to watch the baseball game that's not what we want to do right now she's very much like if it ain't broke don't fix it (laughs) yeah but like in the worst possible way or if it is broke 
there's nothing you can do like about if no it. One's complaining, yeah. Like if no one's complaining, it's exactly. fine. She's, that's very much her attitude, She's, especially in the book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's very like the, like nurse Ratched and the nursing staff definitely treat, um, most of the patients there, like they are completely broken. Like mm-hmm. there is, um, a large part of the book is like, everyone thinks that chief Bromden is deaf and can't speak. He's mm-hmm. never told them that and he's never really acted that way they just think he's um to quote it a big dumb indian Mm -hmm. who can't who can't speak and can't hear so they like talk shit around him Mm -hmm. and don't like don't pay attention to what they say around him Mm -hmm. and then mcmurphy comes in and treats him like a human yeah and um gets him to speak and open up and it's like shocking to all the nursing staff and to nurse ratchet Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. suddenly this is a human. Yeah, exactly. But another part of Nurse Ratchet I found in the movie is that she is structured, which in a lot of situations when you're dealing with people who have different types of, you know, whether it's um, psychotic events or things like that, they do, you know, structure is beneficial. Like they have, yeah. a, and so that part is good. And she is serious about that. She's also a constant for them. She's there as soon as they wake up and she turns the lights off when she leaves. So she does make herself available to mm-hmm. an extent, like her presence is constant. Yeah. It, oh, sorry. No. Uh, before you continue, I just like, I just want to say like, cause I knew from the promotional material of the show that there was going to be this show about nurse ratchet being terrifying and scary and twisted. And I'm like, okay, um, I don't really remember one flew over the cuckoo's nest very well. So I went, I, I watched the film and I was like, there's nothing wrong with her. She's just, she's yeah. masterful at de-escalation. Mm-hmm. She handles everything so perfectly to prevent an outburst. And like, she's literally just doing her job, even though there's like the ill-advised mental health treatments of the time um, that she's just abiding by. But she doesn't, she's never like... She's never um, malicious, but in the book, she kind of is malicious. She stirs the pot. She talks about McMurphy behind his back with the other um, the other patients at a meeting. And that I don't think that happened in the movie. And she's just kind of like there. And I'm like, well, what's yeah. wrong with her? What's she doing? Like, she's just doing her job and McMurphy wants to party. And that's not a good idea. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, I don't know how it is in the book, but in the movie, she insists on keeping him. Yeah, yeah, she does in the book as well. Um, they were going to send him to the, the disturbed unit, but mm-hmm. she she insisted on keeping him. And also, I don't think she was particularly malicious before McMurphy. I think mm-hmm. her issue is that she didn't want to be defied. She had never yeah. like experienced mm-hmm. that at all. And I think there were definitely some some instances of overreaction mm-hmm. <laughs> she she does seem to love the control but i really didn't yeah. i felt like across the board there w- wasn't really enough evidence to show that she was like obsessed with the control or relied on it yeah. to, the, to the point of retaliation which i don't think like maybe did she retaliate at some point in the book maybe against mcmurphy yeah at the end with the the main um i like i'm just like blocking that the out the main mm-hmm. inciting incident like she she won her control mm-hmm. so we did oh. we did oh oh shit okay yeah. okay <laughs> so, yeah. Whoa, okay big so time we did, <laughs> Damn. yeah so we did say that um 
that we weren't going to worry about spoilers when it came to the book and movie. So if you didn't know, at the end of the book and the movie, I assume, right? Um, Nurse Ratched gives McMurphy a lobotomy. Just she is out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. And she is well aware that Actually, he is not mentally ill. It's not really out of nowhere. It's because he literally assaults her and like almost kills her. So, I mean, it's actually kind of justified. He should have gone to jail, not be yeah. Yeah. given a lobotomy. So, it turned into a complete... And like, she could have had him put to jail. That's the thing. She yeah. decided that her final move against him was taking away his brain. Sentience. Like, he's, so, just, he's, not, yeah. he's dead. Like, so, he's dead. I really do think that Nurse Ratched was obsessed with control, and that was her final, like, Never mind, you can't defy me. And is that not a comment on how a lot of people deal with not only mental illness, but rebellion? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And we shut it down, and, and that's actu- how... Yeah. Because basically, the as. attitude, like, towards mental health, a lot of the time, it's like, literally, if you can't be fixed, you might as well just die. Yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely. What it, that's and that's really what happened. Yeah, that is definitely... And people are in a position where they are in such desperate um, desire and need for help that they will willingly go to this place mm-hmm. and yeah. give up their rights and yeah, be totally controlled and micromanaged. Yeah, they're desperate for any kind of help and assistance, and then they trust in um, in these nurses and doctors. But back in the day, there was so much um, like unethical like treatments, like electroshock therapy, lobotomies. Um, and electroshock therapy still happens, by the way. Yeah, and that is messed up. Interesting. But I, for some reason, feel like I saw a thing. I don't even know if this was real. This could have been in a work of fiction, so take this as a grain of salt. I saw a thing about electroshock therapy where it was like, it's actually completely chill and causes no pain, and it's actually, like, beneficial. Yeah, I don't know a is lot about true? it. I've heard, yeah, because when I, um, I knew somebody who had to get that done, she was in a hospital stay, and she had that, and went on a couple weeks and she would just come back and sleep for a while and what does it do i'm not really sure like i don't know if it's supposed to be like resetting things like i don't know what it is but it's not as intense as we see in the film um where they're strapping them to a table and there's like six attendants holding Mm -hmm. them down and and you don't bite your tongue put the (laughs) you know like it's i don't think it's quite like that anymore yeah there's a very large issue with um, consent because these are human beings and everything being done to them, the treatments and everything in the show as well is very unconsensual. It's very like they're not like, yes, they're there for treatment, but the nurses and doctors take it into their own hands to provide any kind of treatment they think. And it's well because they're too crazy to make up their own. Oh yeah, of course they're not, they're not in their bodies. They're not humans. But that's another thing I kind of wanted to touch base on as far as like the control element. Um, Group therapy is a really big thing that's done in the movie that's discussed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's one specific part where Billy, um, who is the youngest on the ward and they're on his own free will, um, is starting to talk about the time he first um, went to go tell um, the woman he loved that he loved her and that he wants to marry her. Um, and he's excited and happy. And then Nurse Ratchet knows the story. And she says, well, you didn't actually go there, did you? And he's uncomfortable. He's like, is that not the first time you tried to kill yourself? And all of a sudden he shuts right down and she's pressing him and pressing him to talk about this horrible thing in a group full of like, there's a half circle of like 10 people, yeah, yeah. 30 people behind him and he cannot. And then I believe it's Cheswick or no, no, it was McMurphy. I think who's like, uh, if he doesn't want to talk about it, 
yeah. don't make him talk about it. And she's like, I think we're ready to talk. And she's like <laughs> fighting, him, fighting McMurphy, but also forcing these people. And that's not help. He's uncomfortable. He's it's emotional. And of course, as we find out later, he still has an issue with that. And, and he still is a very suicidal person. And she pushes him and threatens him at one point later in the film when he's um, gone on. I mean, McMurphy encourages him to sleep with Candy. <laughs> And they do, but it was his choice. They they brought him there to push him. They brought him to the door. They're like, go in, and he and he decides, yeah, I'm gonna do this. And he spends mm-hmm. the night with her. Comes out smiling, ear to ear, like he's so excited. Um, and then Nurse Ratchet's like, well, what is your mother gonna think of this? Ooh. And he's like, don't tell my mother. Don't tell my mother. Yeah. And she's like, well, she's gonna have to know. And then five minutes later, he kills himself. And that yeah. was her control over him. And I think at that point, you just really see um, it stopped being an act of compassion for her and for how our society handles this so long and ago. And like literally it's, right after it happens, too, like she doesn't show any reaction. She's literally like, everyone go back to what you were just doing. Routine is the best way, like going back to routine and status mm-hmm. quo is the best way to respond to something like this. And I think that is a very good, like that's still how it feels like society can treat mental health these mm-hmm. days. Yeah. And I think, um, especially in the group setting, that was another way for Nurse Ratched to, um, kind of show McMurphy that she was in control. She -hmm. was like, these people are going to do what I want them to do immediately Mm -hmm. and like prove that nobody can rebel against her. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of what she was trying to do. And at the end as well, when she's like, oh, I'm I'm really good friends with your mother. Like, I'm going to tell her it's Mm going to come up. Like, that was definitely her trying to get the ultimate control. Like, she can Mm -hmm. choose whether people live or die. Mm -hmm. Like, she has that power. Yeah scary very yeah i loved billy yeah me too kind of looks like joel plaskett he's very cute (laughs) minor detail the actor did (laughs) yeah um but again like another loss of control that i think nurse ratchet has is it's earlier in the film when mcmurphy is like begging them to turn the baseball game on and he's like let's have a vote and uh oh yeah they do the vote the first time like he's the only one who raised his hand then they do it a second time the next day because it's the second game of the World Series and uh, everyone wanted it. And so everyone in the group, everyone who was at, you know, participating was like, yeah, I want to watch it. And she's like, well, McMurphy, there's 30 other people on the ward. But first of all, they weren't watching TV. Let me just say I'm on McMurphy's side. <laughs> uh, and secondly, um, she's never engaged with them ever. She's yeah. ignored them until it's to her benefit to engage with them and then finally he does get chief who is clearly not deaf to raise his hand and she says well it's too late now so then he goes into his fake like he just starts screaming out scores and play-by-plays of the game but it's not on so then everyone just kind of decides they're going to go over and cheer on the game that they're not even watching the tv's off he's just getting them all pumped up yeah and she's infuriated (laughs) like she's so mad that he could even enjoy anything when she told him not to and everyone wants to participate and have a good time and she's fighting it every bit of the way yeah, in the book, too, it was, um, so there were 40 people on the ward in total, and 20 of them were what Chief referred to as acutes, so they were people with mental illness who were um, aware and could speak and 
watch TV and wanted to participate in activities. And then the other 20, he called chronics, who most of them were unable to speak, unable to move, unable to really do anything. They just kind of stayed in their room all day. Um, and Nurse Ratched wanted there to be 21, so she wanted them to vote. And that's when Chief, like, raised his hand. Also, there was a scene in the book that I, I don't think it was in the movie where McMurphy continually punches out the glass of Nurse Ratched's window. It is, is it, it is in the movie. I don't remember that. Well, oh, that was great. <laughs> what situation is he doing it for in the book? I think it was about the ball game the first time. He punches through it and he's like, oh, I didn't know there was glass there. It was so clean. <laughs> and then they... <laughs> okay. And well, then it's on it in the movie, I, I think. Oh, really? I don't yeah. remember this. Yeah, and then they fix the glass. He asks Nurse Ratched something and she's like, no, you can't do that again. And he punches through <laughs> it again. And he's like, oh my God, you got to stop keeping that so clean. I can't see it. Oh and then when they fix it for a third time, they put like red tape and like cardboard on it. So you know that there's <laughs> glass there. And he throws something through it and he was like, oh my bad. <laughs> in the movie specifically, the only time he actually shatters glass is when um i believe it's cheswick again who is getting very he's aware he's like hey like why can't we have an opinion why can't i have my cigarettes Mm -hmm. give me my cigarettes and she's like it's not cigarette time you have one until this and you'll get other and he's like no give them to me now and it just starts this big uh, like people are yelling and crying and they're so upset so then mcmurphy just goes over and shatters through the glass picks up the cigarettes right, like just yeah. give it to him and that's when they take him away for shock therapy oh my god mm -hmm. yeah and for the cigarette thing in the book too there was an instance where you could tell like nurse ratchet wasn't following um, proper protocol because somebody maybe Cheswick maybe McMurphy I don't remember mentions that um, they don't have the cigarettes that they paid for and and that they are um, uh, like monitored how many they can have and a doctor was standing there and was like excuse me nurse ratchet why are you taking away their cigarettes why can't they smoke and she was like and the whole time in the book she was like oh the doctor thinks that it's good the doctor thinks you should um you should monitor your smoking and smoke less. But really, it was just for control. Mm. And that was a moment where they were all like, excuse me? Yeah. Who's in who? What? <laughs> <laughs> I do have one totally off topic question, though, because I am yeah. really intrigued with the fact that Chief is narrating the book. Yeah. Um, he is. A, I would say he's a prominent character throughout the movie. Um, but... <sighs> definitely not his like perspective though not his perspective and they they do mention his heritage quite a bit but with no real purpose behind it he does a lot of the time it's in slurs mm -hmm. um sometimes just you know he has his his uh, long hair and stuff so they mention that um but at the very end of the movie spoiler after <laughs> mcmurphy has his lobotomy he realizes that you know his friend is gone there's no quality of life so he kills mcmurphy he yeah. pushes puts the pillow on his head uh suffocates him and then he decides at that point that he's like i can be free you know this is this is not freedom so he breaks out and walks off into the distance um another little note there is all through the movie it's foggy and it's supposed to to what i understand resemble a foggy mind because there are so many 
illnesses going on and so much um, cloud and judgment that it's foggy the whole time. And it's it's not until the end of the movie when you start to see that break off when he's walking away. And they play his, um, well, not his, they play some music that would be, you know, more indigenous kind of, I don't know specifically the, the style, but um, I really wanted to know what their purpose of having an indigenous person be the freeing part of the movie, like the breaking the mold. I just, they didn't explain it too much, but that was the last, it's the, the there's like a drum playing him out and he's That also left. happens in the abridged audio book. Yeah. It, yeah, it happens it, in. So I was just, I don't know if you had many opinions on that or kind of what they, if they delved into that a little bit more in the book, um, because he is kind of at the end, like, he, he's free. Yeah. Um, it doesn't delve much deeper into it in the book um but i do think that while chief did suffer some some extreme mental illness i think his whole life he was also put into a box and a stereotype Mm -hmm. because indigenous people obviously were treated very very poorly and still are um but i think at that moment he was just kind of realizing that he didn't have to be what everyone assumed he Mm-hmm. He was, um, yeah, I don't really, I don't yeah, know. They, I don't didn't, know. they didn't delve too much deeper into it. I thought it was like, it was a cool That's ending. very interesting. I was just though, wondering yeah. if like I there would be more like meaning that. towards him being the free. He He's like the free one at the end of it. I feel like maybe that's just what we're left with and i think that's yeah that's something to think about on its own yeah i do yeah. think it is very interesting that mm-hmm. that he well i don't think he's the main character i think mcmurphy is definitely the main character in the novel um i think it's interesting that it's told from his perspective my question who is the one who flew over the cuckoo's nest is that it is mcmurphy because he died in the cuckoo's nest or is it chief or the chief because he flew out yeah <laughs> what deep thoughts i really didn't I, I every time i tried to think about like what that title meant like it just i don't know my mm-hmm. stupid brain just like hurt and <laughs> wasn't I was it like, from like a poem i think oh it yeah, yeah it was yeah. like in the, it, it was the the poem was like in the movie and and the book in the book was it in the movie i don't know i don't remember it being in the movie but okay well it, w- it was in the book but i don't i think i f- fail to remember it's totally my bad it was mentioned and it probably had meaning Mm -hmm. i just didn't get it i just knew it was there and Mm -hmm. i was like there's the connection (laughs) so i'm not the best at that (laughs) so we have thoroughly talked about the book and the movie so why don't we incorporate the tv show into it and kind of (laughs) i'm excited to hear this and let's compare and this is um the backstory of Nurse Ratchet, if you weren't aware, so. So they say. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, off the top, Ratchet is a show based on the character from the novel and the movie. However, I would say inspired by the character and premise and Definitely. not so much actually f- serving as a direct prequel to the events of that i mean like maybe eventually that because i heard it was renewed which oh my god that's terrifying um <laughs> but like i don't know this is just so different i thought it was going to be like i thought we'd have more to say at, like comparing the two i guess the main thing is really just ratchet's portrayal because 
while in the book and movie, she is a professional that really just makes like several missteps and clearly has a few like issues in the back of her head. But in the show, it's we're just dealing with cartoon characters, if I'm going to be quite honest. This is yeah, this is your run of the mill Ryan Murphy writer's room like bullshit show. However, there are a lot of redeeming qualities about it, but there's so much wrong here. I Nurse Ratched is Sarah Paulson, absolutely wonderful. Maybe she'll win like a primetime Emmy for this performance. I think a lot of the actors in the show were fantastic. Every single one of them was so committed. And the setting and premise, it was so aesthetically pleasing. Every frame was a work of art. It was just beautiful. Um, but the substance and story literally was like so primitive and just frustrating to watch. Like it's simultaneously a masterpiece of television, but also unwatchable. That's that's my review. Yeah. Um, but Whitney, if you want to go. <laughs> well, first of all, if you're not familiar with Ryan Murphy, he's done American Horror Story and Glee, and he absolutely loves throwing in the most disturbing, unnecessary scenes into his work. Just shock factor he is all about. And sometimes it works. Most of the time it doesn't. <laughs> I, all I know is that he, I think he directed the first episode and then he ha- like just basically served as a like creator credit slash yeah. like executive producer. So he didn't, I don't think he had like a direct hand in it, but God damn it shows like it just, it's literally like a B side, like scrapped American horror story season that they couldn't <laughs> do because it was based on previously existing material and American horror story is always supposed to be original. That was the only thing preventing it from fitting right in with that yeah. fluctuating in quality anthology series. <laughs> um, question. Yeah, ask all the questions, please, because I'm just going to rant if you don't. <laughs> does it actually deal with mental illness? Oh, yes. uh, yeah, it does. In fact, there are, I would say there's very little to take away beyond oh, it's too bad they treated people that way in the 1940s. And that's pretty much as far as it goes. And then you get some really bad caricatures and stereotypes. Yeah. Um, but well-acted ones. <laughs> yeah, I would like to touch on a extremely harmful stereotype that is in this show that is a large pet peeve for me in the representation of mental illness. And that is the portrayal of DID or dissociative identity disorder. So there is a character in this show who has DID at the time referred to as like multiple personality disorder, but that's not the case anymore. Um, and her alters or her alternate personalities, I guess, are extremely dangerous and violent. Um, if you've seen or heard of the movie Split, that is the entire premise is he has DID and he has various alters who are violent and murderous and that is extremely harmful to the DID community. It is a very false stereotype and it is unacceptable to be happening in a it's show also just that comes out in 2020. Like full spoilers, like it's also just you told me it was completely factually incorrect in how it like worked in the show. Yeah, so DID cannot be de- developed in adulthood. It has to be developed. I think it's before the age of 5 or 6. Um, 
when a trauma occurs and your your um kind of personality or your brain splits off into separate alters and in the show it was said that she developed it just a couple years prior and she's a grown woman so with a little bit of research that could have been prevented and I don't think he cared to do enough research about it and it's just it's so bad because her character is literally just thrown in halfway through the season and when I when she's introduced she's just yelling at a violin player outside because she's yeah and, and it's just like I was like watching I was like who is this, first of all? Why is she screaming? Why is this so theatric? Am I supposed to be laughing? Like, I don't like, because this is before you even know what's wrong with her. You might just think this is her. And you're like, who, what is, what is the, what is going on right now in this show? Because the last few episodes, it was just the story about Nurse Ratched coming out of nowhere and faking her way into this um, mental institution. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Um, As like not qualified? She's not qualified Ah. technically because she basically fakes her entire career. And that's what the show really goes through. So for background, like she was in like the war because she's unqualified and... I guess weak willed as one of the one of the characters refer to her as is because she offers mercy to these soldiers that are basically suffering in pain, even though they like maybe they can be saved, but they ask her to put them out of their misery. And she's like, she just can't resist. And she's like, she can't live with herself to not just like smother them with the pillow. And that actually happens mm. um, in the show. And then she just gets let off easy kind of when the, when the um, like the general or whoever realizes that she's completely bullshit. Hmm. And he's just like, get yeah. off of my base. And yeah. then she's gone. And basically that's what she does again in the whole point of it. The whole reason she turns into this nurse figure. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Um, is that she um, had a traumatic past with her younger brother who um, serial murdered a bunch of people and she is trying to get in contact with him again and he's admitted to this mental institution so she fakes her way in there to try to save him because she owes him for saving her life from the terrible parents they were living with um that's basically the spoiler show which is you know quite interesting on paper yeah yeah it sounds like it could be done well but oh man this is just a roller coaster ride of mm-hmm. of stuff. <laughs> what I found very interesting about the show is the way that um that Nurse Ratched was portrayed as very compassionate despite decisions she had made. Um I think the way she held trauma was very interesting because she could be very like emotionally distant from for example, having to kill someone or having to hide a body or convince someone to kill themselves, things like that, things that did happen in the book and in the movie. Um, but she was also very, very compassionate for for other people. Like she would only commit these acts if it was to fulfill her purpose, which was saving her brother's life, who was being who was um in this asylum and could possibly be put to death so she she could be emotionally distant from um these horrible acts that she committed to get her end like for example the scene where one of the patients is undergoing like hydrotherapy hydrotub therapy is that what it's called 
I guess so. hydrotherapy. Hydrotherapy. I think. Um, like she's like screaming and trying to get her out of there, while the other nurse is like fully like accepting. At, it at that point, I totally just didn't believe it because literally like five minutes earlier, like I think I of my very scarce notes that I forgot about halfway through the show, I had ri- written down basically like. Why why does she suddenly care? Is it only like because spoiler 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 she literally just gave a one of the priests that survived her brother's attack a, a non-consensual like murderous lobotomy. Uh she basically kidnapped him and disabled him and it's just like, why does she care now? Why is she suddenly like she goes back and forth from being a total psychopath to being like emotionally like compassionate for others. And it doesn't make sense. Like it never does. And the show just does it because it's a show. <laughs> anyway, that's probably where we will take a break and we'll come right back and probably finish up the discussion of Nurse Ratched's portrayal. Um, but yeah, we'll be right back. Okay, so we're back from our short break to further discuss the TV show on Netflix, Ratched. So, uh, what what shall we talk about from the show next? So, I need to bring something up that Gabe has judged me for. <laughs> and that is that I relate to the character of Dolly, and I fully support... You shouldn't be admitting this publicly. I need to watch this show. I feel like I'm going to get judged, but maybe someone else out there can understand my attraction to Edmund Tolleson. And I think <sighs> Dolly is just so badass. It's just the actors they cast are attractive. Yeah, and but that's not all. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. There's no point in their existence like they're of as a couple it's literally just as a fun diversion and i noticed that the promotional poster for ratchet like that seems to switch from week to week ends up showing like the two of them kissing but like i feel like you always think that way about romantic subplots and i always love them they're developmental yeah and they they play a huge role in edmund's character development what character development Like, what does it do for him? He's literally the same after Does it give him a compassionate side? No. Does it give him a sexy side? Yes. However, it also also shows um, how devoted Nurse Ratched is to him, but he is not as devoted to her because he was so quick to um, ditch Ratched's plans and leave with Dolly. And that's all she is. Sure, She's, but does she have to be more? Like, does there have to be some huge point to every single aspect of the it's show? It's like the, all the screen time of her on screen was her murdering a chicken before our eyes, which was pretty much just there for shock value. But yeah. I will say that served more of a purpose than anything else she did because that be, the fact that Edmund was so, like, appalled by the th- thought of killing a chicken when he just, like, murdered a bunch of people um, was actually quite eye-opening. And there really was wasn't I mean there were probably so many easier more efficient ways that could have been written in there but I guess they needed to fill eight episodes with something but I I guess I haven't even mentioned it yet but I just thought that the two of them together was extremely irritating and insufferable to watch does it just show as like a contrast from him and 
basic. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to say, because I think it also shows how Edmund is similar to Nurse Ratched in the same way that she will kill and do evil, malicious things to get her end, and so will Edmund. He killed the priests as revenge. He kills people to get as a means to his end, but he won't be violent and malicious for no reason. Like, he, he sees that reason in his well, head. Yeah, and I guess, like... That same thing could have been applied to Dolly as a character because it kind of did because like spoiler, 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 basically where she was in on this whole thing where Ratched was going to let the two of them escape and um, Dolly shoots um, Gwendolyn. Her, yeah, when she, when she shoots Gwendolyn on the way out and she seems so rattled by it and she's like can't believe that she shot somebody but then within an hour she's playing around with a shotgun pointing it at like and i'm talking like an hour like in like real like show time not like watching the show time but i mean like with like plot the, time the fictional plot time it's literally like an hour later she's like oh i'm playing with a gun and edmund's like uh please don't point a gun at me and she's like i'm okay, just playing listen i think that like, goes to prove contrast between her and edmund because i think dolly is genuinely just twisted and messed up and i think that she would murder for sport just because she didn't have to shoot Gwendolyn she did not there was no reason to shoot her I think she just did because she wanted to I think she's literally just so twisted and I think it's to show the contrast between her and Edmund and how Edmund doesn't want to murder a chicken for no reason I thought she was like she looked scared when she thought she I shot think that Gwendolyn, was fake I don't she was think timid like no I I think she had that like dark twisted underside that Edmund brought out because why like she gave him a hand job between his jail cell bars like she is fucked up <laughs> i guess he's like an attractive guy but listen um, he, he's an attractive guy but i don't think there was no most reason of us for them. would do that <laughs> well yeah like i mean is it the, the you, everybody didn't you just in say you're like dolly wouldn't you do that I would, but I don't think. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't think people who are neurotypical and sane would. Um, like everybody in the show is just like so ridiculous and makes so many like illogical choices, but just for the sake of moving the plot forward. But that's it, like so many shows are like that. That's so many Ryan like Murphy. mediocre bad shows or like Ryan Murphy bullshit. I mean, I don't think Ratchet is a masterpiece. I would say it's a mediocre it bullshit show. It is truly show. the show that is equally as good as it is bad. I, yeah. I think it is the ultimate five out of 10 for me. Whitney, what do you have to say? Yeah, I agree with that. I think it was a fun time, but I so much of it made me angry. Oh, mm -hmm. we hadn't. So Gabe and I have kind of been discussing it because I finished the show before he had. Um, but we haven't talked about the last episode at all because he just finished it. Oh, right. But I had hinted that there was something that happened in the very last episode. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. That, that made, made me so mad. angry. Can you guess what it is? There was so much shit that happened in that episode. One thing that in particular that was so stupid and so awful. Oh, can I try to guess what it yeah, was? Yeah, absolutely. Well, actually, is it obvious? Because I feel like it might be obvious. It's pretty obvious. Like, it's a a big thing that did not need to happen. Okay, I'm just trying to remember, like, what was in that episode only. Um, like, when does this happen? 
I'm like 95% like sure it's I, in the last episode. It could be in the no, second I th- episode. I think we're thinking about the same thing. I'm just trying to remember how it occurs. Just say it. It doesn't. Is it after it fa- flashes forward to 1950 or is it before? Wait, it is before. Before, yeah. Because guess who back? Who? After a brief absence. Your very fave Charlotte returns. I mean, yes, that makes me angry, but that's not the thing. And then she kills people. She shoots Huck. That's what made me angry. Yes. That is what made me so fucking the, angry. That was the, the last draw. I literally rolled my eyes so oh hard. My I was God. hoping that wouldn't happen. I just knew, though, when she was pulling, putting a gun out, I'm like... In this kind of show, if somebody's holding a gun, someone's gonna die. Huck was the sweetest little angel baby, and he did not deserve to die. Like, he was literally the most pure character in that entire show, and he was so sweet and was so nice to Nurse Ratched and just a beautiful, amazing boy, and he was murdered, and I'm so upset. I've, I've seen enough mediocre American horror story to know that this... All of these shocking character deaths are literally just like checking off boxes or like severing, yeah. like literally like the stunning intro shows where she's like severing the thread with yeah. the scissors. That's literally what the writers in this show have to do in order to like wipe the slate clean to start mm-hmm. a season two because they can't have all these loose ends. So literally, what do they do? Just fucking kill them because there's no other reason for them to be I there. Know. They've served their purpose. I mean, Dolly didn't serve her purpose. You would agree. I that would she agree. was underexplored. Yeah. And she just like did some stupid stuff and got shot and I was expected to, I don't, like the, the show yeah. does a lot of that where it kills somebody and I'm like, I is this supposed to be satisfying? It's just gross most of the time. I know. I really wanted more of Dolly's backstory. I wanted to know why she was so twisted and why she liked Edmund so much I feel like there was really something there that we didn't get to see but I just like who watches this and doesn't get angry yeah (laughs) so much made me angry Charlotte's entire character made me angry every like 99% of the deaths were stupid and I am mourning the Lenore subplot I just got to take a second for that oh my god why literally why yeah, like by the, by the last two episodes, like Doctor Hanover getting getting killed by Ratched, it served no purpose except for Nurse Bucket and Nurse Ratched to take over the place, I guess. But when the final episode flash forwards to 1950, I'm like, wait, really? Like I thought we were going to set up for a season two where it's like the two are running the place now and I like they were at each other's throats at first but then they became friends which I thought was a really nice message of the show because it's too often you just see like or I wouldn't put it below this show to just be like you know pitting women against each other but it was really nice how that one friendship was was like established that was pure I liked that um but it's like they skipped over a whole possible season to then set up the stupidest premise for the second season. I know. I'm very intrigued to see what they're going to do with the second season because <sighs> I I don't have high hopes. That's all I got to like, say. There's there's this mayor and he's a really mean guy. Oh, literally fuck him. Oh my god, the execution scene. 
Yeah. So oh my god. Basically, at this whole time, like we pretty much know by the second half of the season that Edmund is like he's in this institution and he's going to be taken away to be executed, and they think it's going to be through lethal injection and it's going to be humane. So like you know, Ratchet is coming to terms with that and she's upset, and then the and then it's revealed that this mayor guy who was like wanting wants to win the election, he views himself as a performer. He says and he decides to reintroduce the electric chair and uh when nurse ratchet hears that her brother is going to burn alive basically through this electric chair she's like she's like no this can't happen so she makes up a plan to euthanize him herself but she doesn't tell him this she plans uh, this whole thing where she's going to basically escort him to a barn with animals in it for him to like have some time to hang out with animals before he's inevitably sentenced to death and then um, she would then euthanize him. But he doesn't find this out. He basically, like, Charlotte comes back for no reason besides the fact that um, Edmund had murdered the one guy that, uh, by the way, we don't know shit about, um, viewed her as a real person. There was a party scene. They bonded. They danced. But then he got his neck slit before her very eyes uh, rekindling her trauma that gave her DID supposedly, um, which makes no sense. And mm-hmm. um, she comes back for revenge to find Edmund, but I guess decides to team up with him instead after she kills Huck. Um, and she and Edmund escape, and then it jumps to 1950, where Nurse Ratched and her new GF, Gwendolyn, is in Mexico just vibing. And then he's like, I'm going to come kill you because I found out you were going to kill me, sister. And she's just like, no, I'm going to come for you. You should be the one that's scared. And I'm like, they had a good rapport. And, like, why would he be mad for, like, why is he mad that Ratched wanted to kill him humanely than the inevitable suffering of the electric chair? Like, why, like, he was told that, and he doesn't give a shit. He just hates his sister suddenly. And I'm like, is this really going to be what season two is about? That probably will be wiped clean by, like, episode two of season two, because stuff happens they need more disturbing messed up shock factor like all the characters are dead like pretty much all of them but there was a absolutely visually beautiful ending when they left that gas station and then it showed the silhouette of um ratchet's face looking concerned as as you saw um her brother drive into the horizon with his newfound buddies and i'm like this is the (laughs) stupidest premise i've ever seen but man it looks pretty yeah you can't (laughs) argue that that show is beautiful like I, I made notes about like the color choices of like there's times where the lighting just completely changes to like red or like green or blue when something like hard hitting happens or it's like it's almost like the show is stylized like a dream sequence sometimes and it's just so hypnotizing to watch and the set design is so good it's just you can't watch this show like you can't you just have to look at it and that's why I think it's it looks so good and the acting is so good that that gives it a five out of ten. Yeah. <laughs> everything else, literally everything I hate. It's bad. <laughs> yeah, I think that is a good place to close off this discussion with the yep. too long, didn't read, beautiful show, shitty plot. <laughs> yeah, masterpiece, but unwatchable. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to watch it.
Yeah. It, yeah, do it. It, <laughs> it. You'll be hooked. It, it will yeah. hook you. Yeah. But it's worth looking at. Everybody should look at it if you can stomach every gross ass thing that happens. Yeah. In it. If you guys have any questions or any other topics you want us to address on this like book, movie and TV show, let us know because we can always revisit it in a different episode. And if anyone has any ideas for another trifecta of analyzation, Uh, certainly send it our way. Yeah, because I think this was really fun to analyze the three pieces of media against each other. But now we are going to move on to the segment where I ask Rachel and Gabe a question that they have not heard before this moment. (laughs) Yeah, I'm kind of excited. It does relate to the topic. Oh, God. (laughs) And I personally don't have an answer for this, so I think it's a tough one. Okay. All right. So if you were wrongfully put into an asylum, how would you convince them that you're actually sane and not just pretending to be? Okay, so that is like number one fear. Yeah, that's terrifying. <laughs> I've never um, thought about it it's this absolutely terrifying. I've thought about that as anyway. Um I don't know, honestly, because there's uh, <laughs> What do you do? I don't know. Like, I mean, I would try to think that if someone actually were to analyze me and study me, that they would find that although I have many a flaw (laughs) and have many an issue, (laughs) that I am somewhat stable. I would hope that I'd be able to pass a couple tests. I would be civil. Um... I unless they took my cigarettes away, just like in the movie, I might punch a glass out. Um, but yeah, no, that's terrifying. I don't know what I cry a lot. Yeah, I don't. I think like there'd be no way because I feel like it would just be inevitable, continuous. Like if somebody sent me there because they wanted me there as like an act of revenge or something, I'm sure this whole plot would be set up to just continuously gaslight me to the point of insanity anyway. Mm-hmm. And there'd be no there'd be no coming out of that. I would probably be put through things that, yeah, that would probably just be my death, to be quite honest. Yeah, I'm kind of going to ditto that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I just don't see it going too well. I mean, I would be like it's lie like, detector test, brain scan, like. Oh, it's like that. Uh, yeah, it's like that movie Changeling. Remember? Oh my god! Where she gets that literally happens. Gaslight the movie. <laughs> yeah, like she just gets sent to yeah. the asylum because she's given the wrong son back, and nobody believes her, <laughs> even though she knows her son. Yeah, and they're just like, "You're a woman, so you don't know what your son looks like because you're emotional. It's been long. <laughs> oh He's gosh. been missing long enough that he looks different, but then it's actually not her son." Yeah, spoiler alert for that movie. We didn't. <laughs> Jeez, that was no warning, and I've never seen but, that. But, I mean, like that—that that happened. Like that's you know from the you, beginning you know. that it's not her child. Like that's yeah. in like the opening scene. It's, so yeah, not a spoiler. That movie actually, you know what? That movie takes place in like the 30s or 40s. Very similar vibe to Ratchet. Also stylishly similar. Yeah, absolutely. If you like 40s vibes, you'll love Ratchet, and you'll also love Changeling. Would recommend. Mm-hmm. Also, side note, because I just remembered this, if you like the gay plot and the era of Ratchet, Carol, Ooh, yes, great that is movie. The vibe. That movie is 10 out of 10. I would it's ar- the exact vibe. Yeah, I, honestly, I would argue that Ratchet visually like completely blows both of those things out of the water, but like in every other aspect, Changeling and Carol, but like Carol especially. Yeah. Such a good movie. Oh my gosh, so good. Yeah. That's based on a book. We could read it. Yeah, I own it. I do. We can all read it at the same time. 
hands side by side <laughs> holding hands the same book turning pages at the same time yes. yeah we can Beautiful. think about that love it so yeah i think that concludes our long ass episode love it now don't forget that if you'd like to follow us on any social media platforms i am abrams records on twitter and instagram and i am wit and wisdom on youtube where you're probably watching this video um and i am wit and wisdoms with an s on twitter just to confuse you a bit yeah and once again my name is gabe and you can follow me on twitter at the handle board seed and you can follow the official Twitter for this podcast at Blanket Fort Book. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you. Be